Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tai Chi Notebook Podcast. It's great to have you here. Today my guest is Rob Poyton, a veteran of the UK Tai Chi and martial arts scene. These days Rob is a teacher of the Russian martial art of Systema, which has been teaching in the UK since the early 2000s and he has run workshops and seminars all over Europe. Rob is a prolific author of Systema books and videos which you can get via his website Cutting Edge Systema, which can be found at SystemaUK.com. In this wide-ranging discussion, we talk about what the UK Tai Chi scene was like back in the 80s and 90s, and the similarities and differences between Tai Chi and System. We even get into a bit of politics and talk about Rob's experiences as a professional musician and his sideline as a horror fiction writer. So, sit back and enjoy as we get under the skin of Tai Chi and Systema. Rob Poyton, how are you, sir? Hello, Graham. Well, very well, thank you. Lovely to see you again. It's been a been a little while, isn't it? Yeah, um, we we started to chat. Oh, what a decade or more ago on on um, Empty Flower, I think. Oh yes, of course. Back in the day, yes, it was Empty Flower back then, wasn't it? Before changing to yeah. uh, Rum Soaked Fist, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we used to, I don't know, just have a bit of a laugh, really, laughing at. bad kung fu videos (laughs) and stuff like that and and then and then um and at the time i think you were getting into systema or just starting your your kind of uh contact with the systema people and then you you organize a seminar for some of us guys off empty flower that's right um yeah and then so i actually we've actually met in person yes and I, I did a seminar with you which was really good really enjoyed it it was very nice thank you um so but your background initially was in tai chi wasn't it that's right yeah yang yang family tai chi yeah from the uh yang sao chung lineage so the hong kong lineage uh yeah initially through chu king hung's school in london uh with john ding who was one of the uh, one of Chu Kingong's instructors, and then later studying with uh, Chu Jin Soon and his son in Boston as well, or from Boston. Uh, so very much in that line, yeah. So this was the, was it the early nineties or the late eighties? Oh well, I actually first started it was about nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two, something like that. I mean, I was still at school. It was just before I left school, so I was about seventeen, eighteen. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd been looking around for Chinese martial arts for some time. And back then there wasn't a lot about, uh, unless you went into sort of, I guess, into Chinatown in central London. Uh, but certainly out mm. on the edges of London, there, there was very little other than judo and karate at that time. So um, what was it about Tai Chi and things like that that, that got you interested? At first, to be honest, it, nothing at all. In t- I was just looking for Chinese martial arts. And right. it happened in the same week, I think there was a Tai Chi class and a Wing Chun class started up fairly locally. And I just happened to try the Tai Chi one first. So I was quite uh, naive, I guess, in some ways. My interest had started earlier. When, when was the uh, the David Carradine Kung Fu series when that was on TV? I, I guess that's sort of early, early yeah, yeah. mid-70s or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. so I'd, I'd done some judo and boxing as a kid. Uh, my dad took me to judo when I was about six or seven. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> boxing is compulsory in East London, so <laughs> in one form or another. <laughs> <laughs> so I always had that interest in that type of activity. I, 
my dad was huge on football and, and that kind of stuff, which I was never particularly into. But I had interest in physical activity and then the way that matched up with the self-defence side of it was good. But there was something that struck me with that Kung Fu series. And I know now we look back and it's very much of its time. But it was yeah. this guy was so calm and there was the underlying philosophy and the, the flashback scenes to the temple were, were quite captivating. And then, of course, he'd kick everyone's ass and, <laughs> and be on his way. So there's, there was something appealing about that. Yeah, me too. That, I mean, I remember that was exactly the, the, there was the moment I, I remember it was a Sunday and my mum was calling me in for Sunday lunch and this thing came on TV and I, I wouldn't go in for Sunday lunch because it was this, I, it was just like another world and I was instantly captivated. And I, I, you know, eventually got dragged to the table where I just talked about it incessantly <laughs> for the next hour. <laughs> Going, and he kicked, he kicked this guy's gun and he flew in the air. And, you know. But yeah, that, for, me, for me, that was it. That was the one moment, and uh, yeah, of, yeah, and I guess a lot of people, it's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I didn't even really see the Bruce Lee stuff till a little bit later, because I guess at the time, I would imagine Enter the Dragon and those sort of. I mean, that got a general release, but it was probably an eighteen certificate or something. I, mm. I would have imagined yeah, when it came out. So I probably didn't see that until it was on TV or, or something, or well, the, the great days of VHS, <laughs> you know, yeah. when you could get uh, yeah. copies of stuff and everything. And then, of course, Jackie Chan came on the scene and and that and all all that sort of thing. But yeah, it was something about obviously the physical aspect, but also that uh, philosophy and, and atmosphere as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we now know that most of that was created for the tv show you know that, yes that wasn't really yeah. how what life was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know in the shaolin temple um but at the time you know you, you're naive and you don't know anything you just think it's wonderful don't you? oh yeah yeah um, and it was it was secretive you know it was difficult to get information back then i remember going to the library and uh, there was a book on judo and a book on karate and that was it and uh yeah. i guess we had what would have been going around i guess it would have been combat magazine or, or some of those Oh, what was the um, yeah. Terry O'Neill magazine? Was it Martial Arts? Martial Arts Illustrated. It, that was the one, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you started buying that. But even in those, of course, that was mostly karate-centric or Japanese arts because they, they were very well known since, I guess, the 40s and 50s in the UK. Yeah, because the whole World War Two connection with America and Japan and all that kind of stuff had brought all those arts... And then obviously the jiu-jitsu thing in the Victorian age as well was quite big. Yes. So they, they had a bit of a head start compared to Chinese arts yeah. in Britain. And I, th I think the Chinese arts always had that bigger air of mystery around them, that sort of mystical thing, which I guess was a, a an appeal at the time, you know, uh, and the dragon and the crane and the snake and, and all that kind of... Uh, yeah. All that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yes, We're we... talking about... I'm, st I'm, st I'm, st I'm still fascinated by all that stuff. <laughs> Well, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of interesting things in there, and um, I don't know. It, it goes through cycles, I suppose, of of interest. Uh, but the kung fu boom, which I guess started in the late seventies, actually pretty much up into the nineties. I mean, kung fu and tai chi was huge at that time. Uh, yeah. I remember at our school we were getting thirty students per session, and uh, a lot of young people as well. There was a huge interest. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a big interest in alternative medicine and acupuncture. Uh, I remember, was it in the 90s? There were feng shui magazines in WH Smith's and, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So a, a huge interest in it. Yeah, it was... It's, it's hard to imagine it now, but this was the time before the internet. 
So you couldn't just go and look something up. If you wanted to find out about something, you had to go and find a magazine yeah. or a book, yeah. you know, and sort of, or, or, you know, the rarest thing of all would be an actual teacher in something. Yes. Um, and then basically their, their world, their word was, was God, wasn't it? Like, you know, you couldn't, you know, whatever they said was true. Totally. And you weren't allowed to go and see anyone else and all that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. And of course yeah, it, it yeah. brought a lot of frauds out and, uh, you know, a lot of different things. I remember someone telling me he saw a, a sign in uh, Chinatown for Kung Fu classes and it was uh, one in English, Saturdays 10 till 12 or whatever, then uh, one till four in Chinese was written, one till three Chinese only, you know. Um, yeah. So you had that kind of stuff. <laughs> but also people who'd probably learnt something from a book or learnt something from their uncle and then set themselves up as a Kung Fu master, you know. Um, there there, yeah, was, there yeah. was a lot of that going on. Uh, well, or, or created, I did a little bit of creative engineering and, you know, came up with their own system. Yeah. Yeah. That was supposedly thousands of years old. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't, when I, I, did, I didn't, I wasn't specifically looking for Tai Chi as such. Um, that's just sort of what I fell into. And uh, the, the sort of mystique was increased when I found out that my teacher at the time, John Ding, he had a background in uh, Shaolin Kung Fu back in Malaysia. And also uh, praying mantis as well, so that kind of okay. that kind of lent it an extra air of oh Shaolin, you know the magic word. <laughs> and you were quite a big name in Tai Chi circles, really. Well, I suppose I was. Uh, I mean, with uh, John Ding, we started up Tai Chi and Alternative Health magazine, so I was editing that for a while. Then later, I brought my mm. own magazine out, Tai Chi International, and I think it was when the the um, the video boom started. It, it got easier to make videos and edit them and sell them yourself. So I was mm. I was quite involved in that side of things, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and doing demos as well. Like, I mean, my own teacher and his students used to do demos in the nineties. Um, and again, this has been before YouTube existed, so it was the only way people could kind of get to see these things. Yeah, um, and you did a few of those too, didn't you? Yeah, we used to do the Chinese New Year sort of circuit, and then. Uh, particularly when I moved out of London uh, up to sort of Peterborough way, we, we used to do demos there, mostly for that as promotional things, really. Uh, yeah, they were quite fun mm. to do a lot of the time, and you could do some of the little, you know, breaking bits of wood and all that sort of nonsense, you know. But yeah. but they work, and, and I think this is something I think you've written about before, or certainly I've seen you put this forward about um, the Chinese martial arts as entertainment, the connection with opera, and... Uh, Yes, music yeah, yeah. and ritual and everything else, which I think is a, is a very yeah, I, valid I, point. I think I regularly upset people with this <laughs> <laughs> this this view that there's there's the, the there's a big connection between stage entertainment and Chinese martial arts. Yeah, um, and it doesn't mean they're not effective. I think that's the problem: is that as soon as you say there's this connection, people assume you're saying, "Oh, it's all just made up acting." Yeah. that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm trying to get across at all. It's it's that um, you know they're, they're they're both part of a culture, and this culture has a lot of facets. And this idea that you can extract the martial art bit out and do only that is kind of a modern um, thing that that appeared in answer to Western influence on China. You know that we we were over there, you know, creating um, entrepreneurism and capitalism, yeah. Yeah. and. That, that suddenly they realised, oh, we can make money by teaching people martial arts. And it was like nothing that had ever been a thing before. Um, and so they, you know, quite often they extracted these systems out of 
yes. a bigger part of the culture, yes. you know, yeah. and taught them separately. Yeah. Um, and then even today, we still have people can't seem to like. We still have lion dance, you know, oh, yeah. like a kung fu troupe will do a lion yeah. dance at Chinese New yeah, Year yeah. or a dragon dance. And but yeah, but there's no connection to like religion at all. No, yeah. of course there's yeah. it's just martial arts. But you're, but you, you're, but you're doing a line dance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to, and, yeah, and, and that, to, that is a puppet. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, some schools do go the whole way. So I, I trained for a little while with uh, Jim Uglow at his school down in Essex. Uh, I mean, uh, Hung Quen, I, I didn't study Hung Quen, I studied Tai Chi with him. Uh, but again, they've right. got the full setup with the altar and they're, they're very uh, observant of the customs and the traditions. Uh, and I can understand the attraction of that and, and people who are into that kind of thing. I think for me, that initial appeal on that side of things gradually lessened as I saw some of the things that were, were going on and uh, through experiences you have in different places. I guess, like you said, we, we start naive and, uh, you know, you, you, you sort of grow up a bit. The the, uh, the rose-tinted spectacles mm. come off to some extent, which is not to say that there aren't good people around, but, you know, uh, I think it was the politics as much as anything else that that turned me off at that time yeah well you um you definitely kind of drifted away and you 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 kind of went into this other direction which was towards the russian martial arts system yeah so how how did you get how did you go from like the tai chi world to that it was a gradual process when i left uh or three of us left uh that first school and we set up our own club uh mm. and I was always looking for other things to fill the gaps. So I was one of those who asked, I was probably a terrible students. I was always asking questions, <laughs> but not, not silly questions, but like, you know, where I was from, to me, it was quite sensible. What do I do if four guys come up to me or what if there's a knife or that sort of thing was what you were de yeah, dealing yeah. with. Right. So it wasn't being a smart ass. It was, I want to know how to, how to deal with this. And so we started looking around at other places for answers. And then I hooked up with a guy called Dave Nicholson, who I think we, we met at a competition somewhere and we, we kind of clicked. So we were working together for mm. quite some time and probably for about two or three years, almost every weekend I was going to a workshop somewhere in the UK, different styles, everything from uh, no contact energy work through to people like Peter Considine, uh, the British Combat Association, Dave Turton, you know, hardcore combative stuff. And mm. we were looking mostly at the time at getting some CLAP people over because that looked like a very interesting style or system or art and was more in tune with where we wanted to go. And then someone, okay. someone sent me a tape of Vladimir. I think it was one of his early TSR tapes. And something about that caught my attention and I wrote to him and he answered me. And um, then when he first came to the UK, I went along to see him and, and that was pretty much that. <laughs> that was a very interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've never met him. Um, I've, I've met lots of people that have met him and they just they say things like, well, he's just on a different level. He's, you know, you know, he's just like, he's just like super professional, yeah. like, you know, he, Everyone else makes everyone else look like an amateur. Um, so what, what were your experiences of training with him then? Well, that very first thing, because again, I, I went in with questions, you know, and yeah. the first thing I noticed, he was extremely approachable. There was, I don't know, there must have been about 80 people at the workshop, I guess. 
and he made the effort to get around everyone and he'd, he'd show you something and we'd practice it. But then he was working the room constantly. He was walking around hands on. So this was a big thing because obviously coming from that Chinese tradition, uh, we had things like when uh, Chen Zhao Wang first came to London, we went down to see him. We weren't allowed near him, you know. <laughs> and again, it's not like we're showing up saying, oh, come on then, you know, we're being respectful, but we're asking questions. You, you've got no contact with the guy, right? Um, yeah. Which for martial arts for me is strange because <laughs> you 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 got to taste the pie right if you want to know yeah. you, you've got to taste it. So it was that first of all, and then at some point he said to me, "Well, well, well," you know, and I said, "Oh, what would what what do you want me to do?" He said, "Well, try what you like." So that right. that was very different as well because normally it's well you punch me here, and I'll show you my technique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought, well, I'm, I'm a bit experienced in pushing hands and stand-up grappling and that kind of stuff. So I thought, I'll close in and grab him and, you know, take him to the floor and we'll see what happens. Oh, I seem to be on the ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, do you want to try again? I said, yeah, yeah, okay. And the same thing. Third or fourth time, just started laughing. And and the thing that got me was, A, he was so nice about it. He said, oh, your balance is very good. <laughs> as he helped me up from the floor. <laughs> as, as, he, as he put you <laughs> yeah, down. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was like a feeling of I'm by no means the best at anything at all. But generally speaking, if you meet someone who's better, you have a little tussle and you've got a couple of seconds and you think, oh, 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 he's got me there. This was more like yeah. I'd, what happened there? I didn't have a clue. So it was just like yeah. being totally outclassed, really, you know. Um, but again, with that real nice humor, there was no sense of domination or showing off or anything like that. Uh, hmm. very positive outlook so yeah that was kind of it and I, I gradually started integrating more and more of uh, the system into what we were teaching at the time and in the end I thought why don't I just do this <laughs> you know it's, uh, yeah yeah so that switch it, it cost me a lot of students at the time uh, it, it wasn't popular with everyone but you know you, you've got to go where your heart takes you I think absolutely I mean yeah I, I mean in my own training I, I kind of had a similar experience with jiu-jitsu where I, you know, I was gradually doing a bit of that on the side and then it became a bit more on the side and then it became like, actually, I should really just be focusing on this because it's what I'm enjoying more. Yeah. Um, so it's very similar to you. But I mean, I've always I've always kept my hand in with the, the Tai Chi, but I, I was running a class and I, I kind of just handed it over to my students and said, look, you run this. Yeah. Because... You know, I was clearly going in this direction and they were going in that direction. I was going in the direction of I want to get hands on and do things yeah. and do do what I think of as martial arts. And they were kind of like, you know, every time I want to push hands, they'd be like, oh, no, do we have to? Like, yes. Uh, you, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and just think, well, I, I don't want to be the person who's making you feel bad yeah. just because I actually want to do something martially, you know, orientated. And I can imagine with Sistema, it's it's all very hands-on and a bit punchy. But <laughs> your Tai Chi students weren't probably, you know, completely au fait with the idea, were they? I think the, the worst aspect of it, I mean, because we were, most of my Tai Chi students were fairly young. Uh, we were probably different in that um, most Tai Chi, certainly now, and I still do teach some Tai Chi now, but it's health, primarily health and primarily older i say older people i'm I'm an older person myself now but people my age or even older um so 
a lot of my guys, we, we were used to roughing it up a bit because that's how we used to approach the Tai Chi anyway. I mean, in a obviously yeah. a refined internal sense, but um, I think it was things like the groundwork and that sort of stuff that, that puts people off uh, because yeah. it's that you, you yeah. stay on your feet, right? And you must know from this with the, the BJJ as well, well, we're on the floor. Well, I, I don't want to get... And I've even had this teaching at seminars. Uh, it was a karate school. I said, right, first thing we're going to do is get on the floor. I'm not getting on the floor. Okay. <laughs> well, you stand there then, I guess. I mean, while we get on the floor and, you know. Um, and do some stuff. Yeah. And there's so many things to be gained from even just being on the floor on your own and moving around. I mean, that's a great exercise in itself. And certainly for softening the body as well. You, you can't operate with tension uh, in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I found that the cardio aspect of move around on the floor is is unrivaled you you can't you can't do you can't get us out of breath in so quickly yeah. doing anything standing as you can when you just try and move around on your hand your arm you know move around on all fours for a bit and people are just they collapse yeah yeah you know after like 30 seconds yeah. you know, it's just it's just it's just a different sort of um strength and a different sort of cardio and the moving's different and everything it is it's tough work but you get so much from it and that then feeds back into your stand-up stuff and everything and of course the main thing is systema is we prize mobility uh you know movement is everything which obviously works off of the breathing um so in one sense it's the classical chinese approach was very structured and there's obviously a lot of rules i mean I got told off for lifting my shoulder up once and this kind of thing, you know. So what, I'm supposed to keep my yeah. shoulders fixed like this permanently? Um, and in Sistema, you're encouraged, yes, you need to work from a strong central posture, which, as we know, straight spine, level shoulders, level hips and everything. But you have to be able to deviate from that. Uh, I, I, I said to Vladimir once, and as you know, he's got an extensive military background, uh, the going to the floor stuff, because I, I really struggled with it. I said, I find it really difficult just to drop and go to the floor. He said, well, when people are shooting mm. at you, it's quite easy. <laughs> so, yeah. it, it sort of puts things in perspective as well, you know. Yeah. I, I sort of like yeah. that. It's that sort of, sort of very sort of Russian approach in a way. Well, someone shoot, I fall to the floor. <laughs> you know? Well, of yeah. course you would. <laughs> I, I, do, I do like that Russian approach to life, that slightly pessimistic <laughs> but kind of humorous. You know, I think I think like, it resonates yeah. a lot with the English sense of humour. I, I think we're similar in the sense that yeah. we're, we're used to things going wrong, and you know the weather's always bad, and it's that kind of approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that great Russian saying, like um, "life is hard, and then you die." There's a sort of a like Russian humour thing. Yeah, my my favourite one, Go which on. I, I I say quite often in training, is uh, "pain is compulsory, suffering is optional." You know, it's a... yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, that's a, a good lesson in there, yes. isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. And again, so if if yeah. you've got people such as in you're teaching in martial arts, but they're not prepared to be uncomfortable, even in the setting of a nice hall and a wooden floor, if you if you're out of your comfort zone going to that situation, how do you expect you're going to operate in a, a real life emergency or confrontation or everything else? You know, pe people yeah. have this image of perfection. I think that's the issue with a lot of Eastern martial arts. We're working to perfect our movement and perfect our technique rather than do what's best yeah. in the situation. Yeah, the, 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 
the actual reality of the situation is, you know, you might be compromised in some way. You might have a bad leg and you still have to fight. And you might, you know, you can't expect to be in a 100% perfect situation. Although, I mean, I can criticise jiu-jitsu because we always train on these lovely, comfy mats. But I, I've, I've, I've rolled around enough on my, just my, my, my front room or the kitchen yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, you get on the ground and it's, there's no comfy mat. It's different. Yeah. Like, it's, it's entirely different. It's, you know, it, just your elbow touching on the, a tile is painful. Yes. You yeah. know, whereas in jiu-jitsu, we just take all that for granted. We just, you know, we're upside down, inverted and spinning around on our head and stuff. And uh, yeah. no, you can't really do that on concrete. <laughs> yeah, well, you can practice. You can try. <laughs> you can try. No, yeah. it, 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 <laughs> you can try, but you, you, you will have a head, it's gonna head be, full yeah, of cuts yeah. and But bruises, it, is, it is good to work. But again, it, it depends on... Uh, so then you get down to the question of what are people training for? And I think it's very good to have clear ideas of what you're training for. And then you find whatever school or whatever style or system it is that suits. And obviously, as you go along, needs change and you discover things that you never even thought of, perhaps when you first started training. But, I mean, BJJ, obviously, for groundwork is, I guess, the top style, right? There's there's very few people who are going to, uh, a, a good school, are going to touch that level of technical ability, I would say. Yeah, but that's but we spend all yeah. our time doing that. Yeah. That's the you know I mean I think I think you're you're right. It, the technical level yeah. is incredibly high in jujitsu, but we spend like you know if, if that was all you ever did, then of course your technical level is yeah. going to be quite high. And, and it's a little bit like um, if, you, if we go back to the Chinese stuff. So you see sometimes someone will put a, a video up of an eighty year old guy doing whatever form it is, and they'll say, "Well, that's amazing. It's really fantastic." Well, it should be. He's do, been doing that three hours a day since he was six. You know, it should be good. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's good in any other environment or situation. You know, it, it's very... I think someone said once the Chinese martial arts are very much about specialisation. Um, you know, you work on a particular mm. style and a particular set of techniques or movements or a way of producing power, and it's very specific to that style. I'm just thinking about that. I think might be <laughs> But I don't. I don't. Want, I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to completely agree about having thought about all the possible um, implications of that. I'm just thinking, like Wing Chun, like it's it is quite specific to a close range yeah, situation. Yeah, no, no ground fighting. And and right. So no ground, which fighting. I guess and, goes across most. Yeah. I, I suppose you can say the internal arts are a little bit different because you're you're trying to work a a, a specific body movement or. A, and, and let's not get into what is internal power and what isn't because you know there's a oh, yeah. well we won't yeah. mention his name either but um it's uh that <laughs> spending years getting that very specific way of moving that's that's a very specialist thing in itself how many people ever truly crack that how many of people ever really reach that point well i mean i've met some who i think have but equally i bet you that if they performed something in front of, well, he who shall not be named, for example, I'm sure they'd go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. not really Tai Chi, you know. I, I, that's the problem. The problem is, even if you are, you crack something in Tai Chi, there's a, there's somebody else who is probably quite respected. He's just going to look at you and go, "No, it's all wrong," like because nobody agrees yeah. what Tai Chi is. But you know, we well, don't want to go it, down that rabbit it's hole. It's really, interesting because that one, that was one of my reasons. And so, for example, even if you switched from school A to school B within the same narrow lineage, 
you were told, well, your form's crap. Mm. You need to start again. We need to start with the form again. And it would be slightly different, to be fair, but you think, well, yeah. this or this, does that really make a difference if my thumb is half an inch this way? And So you, you've got that kind of stuff. Um, then again, how much of that is about the rice bowl and being able to charge people to show them the real technique and all this sort of thing? Yeah, see, I, I always managed to get away from that problem by right. finally teaching right. them to charge. Yeah. <laughs> so so i never i never had to worry about um is this guy just trying to make money off something because the money was never that's good the motivating factor but i appreciate that yeah i, I think it was good and very rare and i was very lucky to yeah. find people like that um i don't know how i managed well, it well, well, i have no what's idea what's that saying when student I did. is ready the, the teacher <laughs> arrives kind of thing isn't it so yeah it's funny how it works out yeah yeah, yeah maybe maybe i just sort out people who didn't charge me <laughs> yeah. it's what it's what like what's that sort of well there's a word for that isn't it psychology where like you know if like you, do, you don't see the red cars but someone says to you right. look out for red cars <laughs> yeah. you'll see like 20 yeah. Yeah. and you notice them but you just, they were there, they were always there but yeah. you never actually yeah. noticed them before yeah i say i did find a, a lot of that in the Chinese styles and probably another I was speaking to some friends the other week actually who studied CLAP for quite a time and they said yeah exactly the same huge amount of politics huge huge amount of lineage and who's doing it right and who's doing it is who, who isn't um, and one thing I found when I came into the system was it was much more open in that sense and one thing that I, I took from it and I still occasionally remind people of so you might have a class and you have someone new comes in and people say, uh, well, he's a beginner. He comes in as a beginner. Well, that person might be 45 years old. He's got 45 years of experience. You know, so any experience that you have, you bring into the class with you. So I've got guys who who done all sorts of arts, Thai boxing and Tai Chi and, all, you know, loads of stuff. And they don't have to forget that. They bring that with them. And then what Systema does, because it's more about the operating system, is we work to uh, tweak it or refine it, or fine-tune it, and kind of get rid of any uh, bad habits that might be creeping in, any excess tension. Perhaps your body mechanics could be tweaked a little, which yeah. they can for everyone, right? Even, you know, Olympic athletes. That yeah. uh, Usain Bolt, his, his, his training isn't sprinting as fast as he can every day doing 100 metres, right? His, his training is, how does he come out of the blocks? He'll slice it down into those little sections. How does he accelerate at this point? And that's what they focus yeah. on even to get an extra 1%, a half a percent. So in one aspect, that's what Systema does. It's a, it's a method of refinement, I'd say, rather than a martial art. I, I don't really like the term martial art for it these days. Well, that's just my personal thing as connotations for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of baggage with the term, isn't there? <laughs> martial art, yeah. And, and we all know those guys that call themselves like I'm a martial artist and you, you, they're kind of the last people you want to be like <laughs> associated with because well, they're a yeah, bit old yeah, you know yeah. but, sword uh, collectors <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I, I'll be honest there's a lot about Sistema that I think looks like bloody amazing and, and great and there's a lot about it that just really turns me off so yeah, I, yeah. I kind of have a bit of a like a love-hate relationship I no, love this totally. idea of the the, the 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 four principles or is it five the pillars yeah the four, four pillars five? yeah four pillars four, so you got yeah. you got breathing you got posture 
yeah. um, movement and the, the another one. Tension relaxation. Tension relaxation. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, f- focusing on those like four things in everything you do just seems to me like a great idea. I mean, yeah. absolutely bang on. Yeah. Um, and then there's, there's other things where I see videos where I kind of just think, oh, no, look at that. Yeah. And um, yeah. especially because I'm in the jiu-jitsu world, um, quite often Sistema videos are sent round to yes. groups I'm in. And it's like, because it's normally something a bit to do with being on the ground. Right. So there's a right. connection and yeah. people are just going, oh, I've wasted all my, I've wasted 20 years training jiu-jitsu. I could have just lain there and done that <laughs> and the guy would have fallen over. You know the sort of um, videos. Oh, totally, about. totally. Well, there's two things with that. I mean, one is um, Michael can do that. So, I mean, and I appreciate obviously anyone who hasn't met him or experienced that is going to say, well, can he though? Well, my experience is, yes, he can, because as much as I couldn't, do anything with Vladimir when you go to Michael it, it's very confusing very mm. confusing um, to have so much martial arts experience behind me and I mean most of the guys I train now uh, are from backgrounds that might be former or ex-military that might be guys who are um, active let's put it that way in, in various mm. things they're, they're not new to the concepts of fighting and that yeah. kind of stuff and they see something in it that, and that's always been an interesting thing for me is how we tend to get a lot more professional interest if i can put it that way than mm. let's say a, a 20 year old who's looking to take up martial arts because they'll look at it and dismiss it so i think i think that's one thing the second thing is when those clips go out well actually before that i'll mention i brought out a book a couple of years back now i guess called Sistema Voices where I interviewed a lot of the main teachers and instructors. Uh, So I've got Michael and his son and and various other people. All of the instructors said, I think without fail, when they first saw Vladimir or Michael on film, they thought, some interesting movement there, but that looks like bullshit. We all thought that, because it does. It looks like, you know. But I am of the mindset that, but there's something interesting, so I'll go and see it. And I've yeah. seen other things. I, I mentioned the no-touch stuff earlier. That was very big at one time in the 90s. There was uh, Rich Mooney, I think was his name, was about yes. a lot. They were doing a lot of this, and there was no-touch knockouts, and the Dillman thing was coming out, and Dimac was very big at the time. Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I went to see quite a few people in that field, and none of it. I just thought, well, I can. it's psychological. I can see the psychology behind yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm of the perhaps mindset or generation or whatever. Perhaps it's that pre-internet thing. If I, if I want to go and check something out, I'll go and check it out mm. because I know by looking on video. If even if, if we think back to Tai Chi, something as simple as bouncing someone out with pung, and people say, "Well, that's bullshit," but you know that it isn't. Now I'm not saying, of course, that there's all that hoppy hoppy stuff goes on and <laughs> right. So we have that side of things as well, exaggeration and everything. Mm. Um, but to my mind, if you want to test it, go and test it. And with Sistema, you can. Those guys are so approachable and they travel all around the world. Well, obviously not just lately. Not the and, moment, um, no. And even when I've organised seminars in the UK for myself, um, there was a guy saying, da, da, da. I said, well, Michael's over. Come and train. Well, I'm not paying. Well, I'm organising it. So come along as a guest. Yeah, but I won't be allowed to do anything. Oh, you can do whatever you like. My only condition is that... 
you waver, there's a waver, and we film it. And you can try whatever you like on him, you know. Um, and Michael has had a lot of that stuff, but they and Vladimir as well, but they approach it, again, not in that dominant way of I'm going to try and destroy you to prove how good I am. They'll take the approach of, I'm going to try and help you. <laughs> You're obviously <laughs> carrying a lot of tension in you. I'm going to try and help you get rid of it. Right? You release it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's a very interesting... Um, my guys on Saturday we were training, they said it's like therapeutic. You know, the training is very, even though you're standing there belting each other sometimes, it's from a therapeutic angle. Do you think there's a thing, you know, you said about how many military and ex-military people you have in Sistema. Is there a bit of a thing where it is a kind of a therapy for slightly people who've been traumatised by military experiences? Yeah, Michael does a lot of that work in Moscow. So the first time we went over there, we, we met some people and we had some people in to give us talks uh, and they had, they had various experiences and they're using this as a way to help them uh, because mm. there is that aspect of unlocking tension. So obviously that works on a superficial level. If we're trying to grapple or throw someone and we've got our shoulders up around our ears and we're locked into our own posture, we're not going to be able to do very much. But then as you go into that level and then that level and then you start getting to the level where emotional tension is held deep within the body, particularly for people who have been through bad experiences. So there's a process of helping people to unlock that emotional tension. And there's a clip up on YouTube. Again, it's one of those things sometimes I think it's kind of good that you put that out, but it's also bad. And it was a guy getting massaged and... Uh, works with the whip in moscow mm. and he was he was it, it, it suffered child abuse and he was letting it all go it was a very powerful thing but i can understand mm. other people watching that see one man beating another with the, <laughs> with the whip yeah and this guy's crying right and it's what is this what's this weird is this bdsm or what's going on you know yeah, so it kind of feels like a private experience that has yes yeah, done, yeah, in a that's public way. Out. yeah, and I'm sure the guy would have given permission because they wouldn't have just put that out without. Yeah, but so that is where often what you see in systemic clips is not it. It's not the context isn't always clear. You know, even with some of the training, we're we're, we're developing attributes. That's not a fight. That's you know we don't stand there and yeah, let people yeah. prod us with the knife. That's not the fight. That's to develop yeah. an attribute. Yeah, and uh, and like you say, I quite often wonder why they put these clips out and. Part of me wonders whether some of the clips are put out to generate a bit of controversy because it it, it creates interest. Um, I don't know whether it's, it's that sort of um, is all publicity, good publicity sort of. I, I think angle. Michael, I think as, as far as that side of things, like Michael doesn't care. He doesn't really care what people <laughs> think. Really, it yeah. really is, is yeah. that um, this is what we do. And, you know, that's it. Um, because you, you don't see... Uh, so sometimes you see like a clip from a combative school and I won't mention any names again, but you know, it's a and some heavy, heavy metal music comes in and all that. And it's all, and it's almost like a little film, you know, I mean, I've done some of that stuff myself. It's, it's, it's fine. 
but you look at all the the Moscow stuff, especially there's <laughs> there's there's some bloke walking across the background. There's a guy with his belly hanging out. There. You know, no one. <laughs> no one my friend said no this cares. morning. Yeah, his his favourite one is occasionally you get a priest walking across the background holding a knife or something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it, it's, it's quite bizarre. There, there's absolutely yeah. no attempt to to marketise it. Oh, this is what it is. You know, which I, I kind of admire, but obviously that does have a a negative side as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've put out quite a lot of, um, you know, YouTube. You've obviously got your, you know, you're making videos and selling them, but you've also put out a lot of free YouTube stuff. And I always notice that your stuff on YouTube is, um, I don't know whether I think of it as being British to Stemmer, whereas it's, <laughs> it doesn't have any of the, the kind of things that you might think are a bit odd, like waving hands and people falling over right. and it's it's right your, your clips seem to be much more down to earth um practical and very much grounded in you know i don't know whether the word reality is the right word but in the here and now and and just mm. things that you can actually do not not like a a very high level demonstration of something that just looks like weird because you can't do it you know yeah, but but even then, I still get flack from you know this guy doesn't know anything that looks like bullshit, and why don't you just do, you know? So you you still get that whatever you put out. I mean, everyone gets that, I imagine, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, they must do. But my my I see my role really is just trying to, as I'm learning more things, I'm trying to explain them to myself in a way, and then that means I can explain them as, as a teacher. So I'm constantly. I mean, I look back at some of my older stuff and think, oh, it's you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, but we all do don't we <laughs> but yeah but I, I leave because that's what it was then and, th and this is what it is now and so it's trying to explain things and we're, we're working a lot more into the internal stuff i mean the internal work from the russian perspective i'm, I'm talking again don't want to upset yeah i mean you know you don't mean chinese <laughs> internal, like what what from the russian perspective what is internal work so on the basic level, it's really uh, having an internal focus for things. So I move through relaxation. I move through the power of my breathing. My body alignment and posture is very good. I learn how to use chains of movement within the body or not. I can also learn to separate things out. I can work from internal points of support rather than having to be grounded in the feet all the time. So those are some of it. Then you get onto the, the, the psychological aspects with... And, and this is where you start getting into that, what people will call woo-woo or whatever it is, where you can influence people in more subtle ways. Uh, and just simple things. The, the story I always tell is I had a guy come to class once and he was stood in front of me like this and he said, uh, so all this no contact stuff, it, it, it's bollocks, isn't it? You can't, you can't get someone to move without touching them. And I looked over his shoulder like that and then looked back at him and he looked round. And I said, no, no, <laughs> you're right, it's all bollocks. <laughs> and he went away and never came back. He was obviously happy, you know. So it's like, unless you're open to that type of subtle work, then, yeah, it's bollocks, you know. It's mm. But working in that area is more and more difficult to explain, I find, because you find you're doing stuff through feeling or an internal feeling or movement. So, and even now, some of the latest stuff I'm putting out, I'm doing quite subtle work where someone grabs and you just drop them. And I can show people how to do it, but someone looks at that cold and, they, well, the, the student's obviously falling over for him, you know. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, they are because I make them want to fall over. <laughs> you know, I put them in such a position that they, they have to fall over sort of thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Um, Trouble is we're all geared up to tension. If you want to see a martial arts fight, you want to see 
fists and you want to see grappling so you see a nice technique and you see a lot of tension and movement uh subtle work in anything is is not always as appreciated i don't think uh, but this ties back to to its use in in a, a personal protection perspective or working undercover or, or this these type of areas yeah you don't want to be loud in, in that exactly. sort of area do you yeah yeah it's made to be hidden it shouldn't look good you know, so someone says, well, that looks like crap, then in a way I'm doing my job. <laughs> well, that, that's a, an interesting perspective to have on things, isn't it? <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is Ooh. always, is, is, yeah, we'll come and taste it, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, so um, you, you're running some classes at the moment in Systema, aren't you? Um, up in, up where you're, I think it's in Peterborough? Uh, I've got one in Bedford and then I teach out of my house as well. <laughs> I've almost gone back to traditional backyard kind of stuff, which I'm quite enjoying, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we've got a, a, gr- a group of good regular guys. Uh, it's more difficult now because most of my guys are out teaching as well. So, it's you know, you don't always see them so often, but it's good when we all get yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. And you do, you do like a camp as well, don't you? Yeah, we just did the autumn camp a, a few weeks back. That's the first one. Obviously, we've had to miss a couple of years. So yeah. I do like I do like training outside, whether it's in the woods somewhere or that kind of stuff. Um, it helps with this idea of natural movement and just being uh, clean. You know, the, the mobile phone gets switched off for a couple of days, and you you can just work outside and do lots of different things. Very good for resetting ourselves and reconnecting. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really into that kind of stuff myself. Um, which is this is the bit where I'm kind of you know I think Sistema looks great is is that connection to the outdoors world and um, a, a simpler kind of life, I guess, where it doesn't involve phones and <laughs> podcasts yeah. and, and all the rest of it. <laughs> I know, and we all use it, right? So we're all hypocrites in that sense, but it's, um, it, what's the saying? Technology, it's a great servant, but not a good master kind of thing, isn't it? I yeah. guess it allows us to do stuff like this, but... As I said before, when you spend the first hour every day checking Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp, texts, emails, you know. It's, yeah, uh, you think, well, what, that was a waste. But, you know, yeah. it's kind of slightly addictive, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Latest cat video, you know, or whatever. Aussie man. I'll keep watching him at the moment. <laughs> oh, he's funny. I like him. He's good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I like him because it's, it's positive as well. He's doing a lot of positive stuff, right, with uh, raising yeah. money for people. And that's, I think, to me, the, the, the biggest change is what I see in martial arts now is if you want to make money, set up a YouTube channel slagging people off. You, you don't have yeah. to put anything up yourself. Just put, get something, put up some Benny Hill music to it and laugh at it and you, you'll have 30,000 subscribers, which is... Uh, I, did a, I did a blog post about this recently about um, how internal artists just seem to do nothing but like slag off each other's solo videos. Like, it's, never, it's never a video of them actually applying it or anything it's just like it's like my, my elbows like, <laughs> yeah. look at that what an it's idiot he's done a, that like it's an outrage you know, <laughs> it's an outrage and uh but like you know just then and then you then you watch a video of an actual fight or something um someone sent me a video this morning of a security guy in asda knocking someone out oh yeah, like, yeah. whether the elbow's there or there makes no. So it is like in the real world, none of this matters. It's irrelevant, you know? <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, he did a good job, that guy, didn't he? He was in and banging down, and I like the way he dragged him out after, didn't he? I think it 
was. Uh... Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's the way. And it also, well, to be honest, when he dragged him out, he let go of him, and his head went bang on the concrete. But it wasn't from very high. Yeah, that was a bit. That's yeah. gonna. That that's gonna hurt. Like <laughs> you're gonna be feeling that one for a few days. But 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 this is going back to that that visual thing and and how your technique has to be in this. You know, almost forget technique in a way. What's your internal state? If you can't control yourself emotionally, then what are you going to be doing? Especially in that professional setting as well. You know, that's um, that's often neglected, I think, in the rush to look good or to look cool. Yeah. yeah you always have to be mindful that these, these things have a reality. And, you know, everything martial arts has an ultimate reality, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it's not like other areas where there isn't a final ultimate test of anything but there kind of is in martial arts um, yes and it, it, it works or it doesn't <laughs> yeah it's something vincent chu said to me once that always stayed with me it was in uh, a, a sort of debate about theory or a scholarly debate you know people can win or people can lose or it's never very very clear in a fight it's always very clear <laughs> you know yeah you, you can debate this and you can debate that but the reality is is something very different uh, so yeah. you, what you see a lot at the moment is a lot of de- well debate of a certain type. I mean trolling, or some of it's genuine, of course, but there's a lot of trolling goes on as well. That's where that's where we're at in today's martial arts world, I guess. Mm. So I mean, you do a lot of things with your life that aren't necessarily martial arts related, <laughs> too, don't you? Because you've, you've been a musician for years, haven't you? Yeah, I started doing that about the same time I started training. I guess about seventeen, eighteen. Uh, yeah. semi, sort of semi-professional for a little while and then uh, grew up and got a proper job uh, which lasted for a few years and then I thought no this isn't <laughs> this isn't me <laughs> yeah um, so yeah I've been uh, back doing music for the last I guess about 15 years or so now obviously with recent events that's uh, somewhat been yeah. uh, changed but uh, we're, we're sort of getting back into we're back in the studio last week uh, doing some demos for a new album we've got coming out with my band The Phobias so hopefully we'll get that out in the new year to me it's all the same thing in in funny way it's mm. um, if we come back to that idea of how am I operating in any particular situation to me it's a direct application of all those same principles uh, so it's the same when people say I, I want to learn self-defense well uh, eat well take some vitamins Get some exercise, yeah. you know, there's your first line of self-defense. Uh, don't associate with the wrong type of people, you mm. know. Uh, but, of course, what they mean is they want to learn how to punch a pad or something or whatever. But, so to me, it's, it's all integrated. Uh, so I hope I do all of them <laughs> equally badly. Jack of all trades, master of none. But, you know, I'm enjoying myself. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you're incredibly consistent across all your activities. Yeah. <laughs> Consistently know, mediocre. Got... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, you're not mediocre. Um, you've also got a um, a podcast you do, haven't you, as well, which is um, about, is it the world of, of HP Lovecraft? Yes, well, that was another long interest of mine, is I've always been interested in, I suppose, what you call ghost stories and uh, science fiction and sword and sorcery and Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was about a year ago we started doing a podcast based on that. So we talk about some of our favourite books and films and uh, music. Uh, yeah, that's called the Innsmouth Book Club. Uh, so if mm. anyone's interested in that type of fiction, particularly Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard and M.R. James, 
then uh, yeah, that's what we talk about. Yeah, there's one of your videos on your Patreon where um, you were you were going around Innsmouth, I think, uh, doing a bit of local history as well. Yes, and obviously a bit of a local a local history buff too. Well, it was just a, an idea of when you look around. I mean, this is a sort of a, a quite a big deviation in some ways, but one of the things that's great about living in England is you can't throw a stone without hitting a historic building. Uh, yeah, yeah. And even like I say, I live in a little village here, but the the manor we've got an Elizabethan manor house at the centre of the village where Cromwell's niece lived. There's a r- ruins of a Templar preceptory over the back. Um, there's a healing well down the other end. So yeah, it's just nice to go out and if you go off the beaten track a little bit, there's these amazing stories. I was going to say the little the little village I'm from. It's where Owen Glendower got married oh, oh wow you know and I, you'd never know you'd never yeah. know it's just a little, little tiny village and uh yeah the, the last the last guy to take on the english who was welsh you know yes yes we can get into politics couldn't we <laughs> i think we <we're, laughs> i think we're pretty much on the same page as far as that goes aren't we <laughs> oh yeah 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 politics has been a bit of a sore point for me over the last <laughs> the last few years but again, from two perspectives, um, so there's been the pandemic, obviously, and, and I've just started about in the last five years traveling into Europe quite a lot to teach with the Sistema. Funnily enough, mm. teaching dance groups and, well, other people as well. Uh, so that's been very interesting. And I had four or five trips lined up and the pandemic hit. But then also now we've got the uh, the B word as well, Brexit, which from a musician's point of view, because I used to go and gig in Europe as well, that's pretty much gone. It's a disaster, isn't it? It is, and I don't know how it's going to affect even going across to teach a weekend of martial arts or something. I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it, you know, but... Um, but it's not easy, is it? No, it, it's basically, so far, I've, I've yet to see any benefits, let's put it that way, quite the reverse. Well, there are any. Uh, it's, it's really simple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to be diplomatic there, you see, but... <laughs> oh, you're right. It's a, it's a shit show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yeah. I've, I've ended up... Um, losing contact with some people over it it's, it's and it's, it's it's divided the nation as well which is the the other problem yeah um because like i just you know i don't want to get over it because it's wrong and it should never have happened well, <laughs> but... it, 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 it's, it's how do you get over i mean i've had to shut down parts of my business and i know other people have shut down whole businesses over it and i think i mean i, I grew up i was sort of uh quite politically active as a teenager and a bit older. And I remember the years of Thatcher and the miners' strike, poll tax strike, uh, the picket lines at Wapping and all that sort of stuff I was involved with. And even back then, it wasn't as divided as it is now. I've never known the country be so split. Uh, And Mm. there's so much venom around as well. And we've seen the rise of certain groups and, uh, you know, hate, hate crimes on the increase and all this kind of stuff. So it's very strange, very strange times. Yeah, it's not time to be living. Um, I kind of wish we could just go back to the way we were before this all happened, but but we can't, can we? So we have to learn to deal with it. Yeah, which is, yeah. Um, it, it'll play itself out, I suspect, but it's going to be a few years until we exactly. Get back to... I think I think it will play itself out, but I think we just have to go through quite a long period of being awful. Yeah. Um, and and it's so unnecessary. But there you go. <laughs> let people vote for things that's what happens <laughs> you know? that's democracy for you if I rule the world that's democracy for you yeah, yeah. I ban X Benevolent de- uh, well that's finished now 
Oh, there is the X Factor. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So there, there you go. You've, you've, you've achieved your aim. <laughs> there is some good news. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the streaming music services and the demise of the hit single kind yeah. of uh, did it for X Factor, really. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting very far off the topic of martial arts. Yes, we? <laughs> yes, we are. Where people are thinking, what the what are, what are they going on about? These two old geeks. Yeah, yeah. But it's again, it's it's all the same. Self defence. You see, you've got to defend yourself against what's going on. Sometimes, again, there's a lot of toxicity around, especially if you go on social media or if you watch certain channels, and mm. um, you have to learn how to protect yourself from that as well. Otherwise, you get drawn in, and people get very bitter and very angry, which is not a way to live your life. Or they become a bit weird and into the conspiracy theory. Oh. So, you know that. I mean, when you're involved in martial arts, it seems to be that the the people that get drawn into these things are like the people you know, which is unfortunate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's a predisposition to to I don't want to say cult behaviour because that may be a little bit too strong, but towards mm. being uh, almost groomed in a way. Well, they are being groomed. You know, it's uh, into being part of a certain group think i guess there was a very good podcast i listened to yesterday um stefan kesting does a podcast called strenuous life podcast and he interviewed a psychologist about why martial arts people are particularly susceptible to conspiracy theories and stuff wow. like that wow. really interesting really good good insights yeah um and yeah i'd recommend it we, I mean, it's basically tribal behavior we're conditioned to be tribal Yes. So when we, we when we see people that look like us and act like us, we just tend to just go along with whatever they're whatever yeah. they're coming out with, and then and then once someone attacks you for it, it just makes you worse, and you because no one wants to be seen as being less than somebody else, and if someone's looking down their nose at you, it just gets you back up, and then yeah. you become intractable in your position about something, yeah. um, and that just sort of feeds a cycle that just goes round and round. Well, yeah, but, you know, we, we've, we've seen it in martial arts. And I know it's something Systema gets accused of at times, of being a cult, and I always say, oh, oh, what was the other one? We were all being paid by Putin or something. I've, I've not had my check yet, so I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> but... Well, I mean, you, you know you know, you know, know, um, Matt Hill, don't you? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. He's down, down here to teach his Systema Ultra. He's like a friend of mine. He's a great, great bloke. Yeah, 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 good guy. And he's he's always and he keeps going off to the jungle with groups of people and <laughs> yeah. doing like trekking for the jungle and having these amazing experiences. And I'm just like, oh, for, damn it! How did you manage this, Matt? <laughs> I want your life. <laughs> but yeah, he's having a great time. Um, he um, he because he's in Wiltshire and it's when the Russian um, poisoning thing happened in Salisbury. Uh, yes, of course. So he's he's there teaching Russian martial arts in Wiltshire <laughs> while this is all going on. He's getting a few funny looks from people, you know. You just uh, it's just like it's quite quite comical, really. We're not not yeah. comical for the people that got poisoned, obviously. But well, no, no. But it is uh, it has been an issue, and, and we've had it. I mean, in Germany, they had it quite bad. Um, I mean, one of the main teachers over there is is very high up in their equivalent of the uh, anti-terrorist unit. So again, he's teaching right. Russian martial arts. So you know, he had an interesting time of it. Uh, but even the same here, and I've been told by some people who know some people that this is not looked well upon because it is Russian. So we're we're not going to be asked to go and teach in certain places or whatever. You know, I mean, that's getting a little bit conspiracy-ish, perhaps. But nonetheless, it is it is an issue. I think I think where Michael gets most of his 
vitriol from is because of his religious views perhaps as well uh there are quite a lot of people who dislike him because of that uh, uh it's the um russian orthodox yes church, isn't it? yes yeah. and it's it's something that's there it's not something that he pushes on people you don't have to be this or you don't have to be that but if you if you ask him about it he'll tell you you know that's part of what what mm. he is and i know there's a very sort of uh militant atheist uh, sort of movement oh, as much as there's obviously been militant religious movements as well um, that, that's been another interesting angle I guess that people pick up on one way or the other some people like that it's got that background and some people don't I guess yeah but no, no one has trouble no one has trouble with uh, Tai Chi guy being a Taoist or a Buddhist it's interesting Right, I think we've we've been chatting away for about an hour, so should we uh Great. call that a day? Yeah, thanks. That's what I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Graham. Yeah, it was lovely to chat again because we haven't talked for a while, so um you have you've wisely contributed less to these online discussion forums in recent years <laughs> than I have. Um you've you've managed to get yourself out and I'm I'm still stuck in them. Just when um, I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I still pop up now and again because, you know, best will in the world. Some some it presses your button sometimes, doesn't it? And, yeah. But I do well, I think there was a phase where people used to post a lot more about Systema on them, and, and these days they don't really seem to. I don't, that, that phase has passed almost. You know. I always know when I've put a good clip out because it doesn't get shared on those forums. <laughs> 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 That's my take on it these days. That's what I tell myself anyway. <laughs> anyway, pleasure talking to you, Rob, and um, good luck with all the Systema stuff. It sounds like it's working out really well. And. Uh, your other interests in podcasting and music. Lovely. Thank you very much, Graham. It's been a real pleasure. Nice to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about the Tai Chi Notebook podcast at www.thetaichinotebook.com can support us by giving our podcast a positive review on itunes and our page a like on facebook just search for the tai chi notebook to find us until next time enjoy your training <laughs>